The Joy of M Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Chris Lee intercepted twice in this half. Hands it off to Harvin. He comes back. Say goodbye. There are no flags. It's a touchdown. Sixty-seven yards. Percy Harvin. Welcome to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa. I'm your host Corey Bradley. As you just heard that audio from the 2006 SEC Championship game on CBS, Vern Lundquist on the call when Percy Harvin broke out with that 67-yard touchdown run that eventually sealed that win for the Gators as they clinched another SEC title over the Arkansas Razorbacks. You know, I remember that game, and it was a close battle all the way from start to finish. Uh, Reggie Fish with that muffed punt attempt late in the third quarter that really swung all the momentum for the Florida Gators. Uh, You know, I just remember thinking, like, Fish, what are you doing? You stay on the 10-yard line. If the punt goes over your head, you just let it go. You do not retreat to try to catch it, and that's exactly what he did. The Gators recovered in the end zone, and the rest was history after that. So we're looking at another matchup between these two schools, Arkansas and Florida, Saturday night at 6 o'clock on ESPN. You know, this is the SEC feature on the sweet spot for this week. Um, Didn't really have – too many options with, of course, Georgia, Missouri being postponed, Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Texas A&M and Tennessee as well. So, you know, uh, the only games that are on tap for this weekend are Vanderbilt, Kentucky, South Carolina, Ole Miss, and, of course, Arkansas, Florida, as I mentioned. And although no one's really hyping up this Arkansas-Florida game, I really do believe that this is going to be an interesting battle. Florida comes in ranked number six in the country after that huge beatdown, that huge win that they had over the Georgia Bulldogs, beating them for the first time in four years, 44-28. to Kyle Trask went off again with another four-touchdown game for the Gators, and uh, you know we'll see if he'll have one of his big targets for the matchup against Arkansas and Kyle Pitts, who is recovering from that concussion suffered last week against the Bulldogs. So with this being the SEC feature for the week, I talked to a fan from each school, as I always do. First, you're going to hear from Ryan Folsom. He's originally from Mariana, Florida, currently resides in Dothan, Alabama, Here's what he had to say about his Florida Gators as they prepare for their matchup against the Arkansas Razorbacks. Ryan, welcome to the sweet spot, man. How are you doing today? Oh, man, doing good. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, I'm so glad I could have you on the show. Uh, You know, of course, we're going to dive into Florida, Arkansas a little bit later in the conversation. But first, man, tell me, how did you become a Gator fan? I mean, I'm I'm from Florida, uh, from Mariana, and just – I mean, just one of those things growing up there, you got to pick, you know, Florida, Florida State. And I don't know why, for some reason, <laughs> me and all my buddies, we just decided to, to go orange and blue. And uh, it was, and we, we were, you know, we grew up in the 90s and, and we had some good squads. And, you know, and Florida State was, was dominant, you know, back then when, when Bowden was there running it so it was you know there was those were always really good matchups too but I don't, I, I don't know why i don't know why we jumped on the orange and blue bandwagon back then but we did 
Now, where would you uh, rank the rivals for Florida? I mean, you look at Tennessee, Georgia, Florida State. How would you yeah. rank them as far as your dislike for each one oh, of those schools? Man, it's 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 hard. I mean, the way the seasons have gone the last, just yeah. say, ten years, it's kind of been up and down. If, if if you know, Florida's been, you know, if we've been able to produce, you know, and, and get things done on the field, Florida State's been kind of down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if when Florida State was, you know, when Jameis was there and they were doing good. You know, we we were kind of down, and and the same thing with Georgia. I mean, it's just kind of been, you know, somebody will win, you know, three or four in a row, yeah. and somebody else will come back and win three or four in a row. But I, I, man, I don't know. I mean, I, and I don't like Florida State, but I, I like Bobby Bowden. You know, yeah. I, I don't dislike him as a person, but but man, I just I can't stand Georgia. <laughs> I I can't stand them, and I guess that you know, the SEC rivalry makes it because it's more impactful i mean you know i mean it's yeah. you know there's, there's bragging rights you know in state with, with, mm-hmm. with florida state but but there's always a lot on the line with georgia that now ryan last week i had fellow gator fan nate hamilton uh he pre we previewed the georgia florida game and he mentioned that danny werfel was his all-time favorite gator with tim tebow as a close second if you had to list your top three all-time favorite Gators in any order, who would they be? Any order. Oh, Tebow, Brandon Spikes, mm. Percy Harvin. Nice, nice. That was that's a that's a nice core right there, man. Uh, yeah, Brandon Spikes, man. Oh was, man, I mean, he golly. he was the Tebow on defense. I mean, those two guys together. I mean, it was. They they were, man. That was they were incredible. I mean, they you know they controlled both sides of the ball. Yeah, Spikes, Tebow, and Harvin. That's I like that group, man. That's uh, I didn't expect Spikes to be. I didn't. I was kind of surprised, honestly, to hear it in the three. But yeah. man, I can't argue with that. <laughs> one. I can't. I can't argue with that one. That's definitely a a good selection to keep him in your top three. Now, the Gators have former. Quarterback Felipe Franks this weekend as he mm. they will face him as he's coming into Gainesville with the Razorbacks to face his former school for the very first time. You know the reason he's now a former Gator is because of the emergence of now Heisman candidate Kyle Trask. When did you know that Trask was a real deal? You know, it was, and that's a crazy story. I mean, the whole the whole scenario there with Trask. I mean, you know back up in high school and you know I, I you know never started there and then i will say this that's one good thing that we got out of michael wayne because he didn't do <laughs> he didn't do much for us but he he did do that um you know I, I think it was randy shannon actually that he was looking at a, somebody on defense and saw trask on the sideline really? like in warm-ups and stuff and, and i think he was like hey you know we need to invite this kid to a camp and that's kind of how it got going i think but you know, I, we thought. I mean, everybody thought. You know, Franks was was going to be the real deal. Just I mean, he had all. He's got all the physical. You know what? What you look for all the tools there. But Trask, I mean, he's just. I don't know some of them guys that just. I don't know just the demeanor. Like he he never gets rattled. You know, I mean, and there's a lot to be said. I think for him you know sticking around 
you know, and not the way it is nowadays. Everybody transfers out if they don't get the job. And, mm-hmm. and I think it says a lot about his character. I mean, even coming to Florida, because, I mean, he, he came in, him and Franks came the same year. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and Franks, you know, he was originally supposed to go to LSU and then they flipped him after the whole deal with, with Greer when he got suspended and all that, you know, that went down. McIlwain flipping him from LSU and Trask still stayed committed. Um, so, I mean, I think it says a lot about his character and, and I think, you know, it shows on the field. I mean, he doesn't have the strongest arm, but, but he's smart. You know, he makes really good decisions and he's earned it. I mean, I, I just, I think he's earned, earned, earned his time. Man, I love Kyle Trask, dude. I'm telling you, uh, last year when Franks unfortunately had that, you know, horrific injury in Lexington, yeah. Trask came in, saved the day, brought them back, man. And uh, that was my first glimpse of getting a chance to watch him play. Then I had the opportunity to see him against LSU in Death Valley, and I was really impressed by how he played uh, in that game, man, against the eventual national champions, man. Like you said, Trask, he's smart. He's accurate. He take care of the he take care of takes care of the ball. I should say, uh, and I'm not surprised at all that he's a Heisman front runner and a candidate. Man, I hope he wins it, man. I, if there is an NFL team that needs a QB, I know all the talks going towards Lawrence and Trey Lance and Justin Fields and all those guys. But man, yeah. Kyle Trash is going to be a sleeper in that group. I'm telling you, man. I mean, I, I you know, I mean, I, I mean, he's he's Burrow esque, you know, as far as his, his, the way the season's going. I mean. No doubt. I mean, he's he's not going to be number one. I mean, Lawrence or Fields, you know, are definitely going to go ahead. But I honestly think that – I think somebody's going to get a steal, and I think it'll be a good mm-hmm. situation for him. I mean, because yeah. a lot of times those teams that are drafting up at the top, I mean, they're they're kind of – they're weak. You know, yep. I mean, they're, they're not great teams. And, um, you know, if he could fall to somebody, you know, in, in the later part of the first round, and, and even if he sat behind a veteran, you know, for a year or two and, and – got a grasp of the playbook and and he's smart enough he can catch on and, and hopefully something good you know it'll come come out of it for him out you know i think he'll make the most of whatever opportunity he gets so i'm currently joined by ryan Folsom, originally from mariana florida currently residing in dothan alabama to talk about his florida gators and their season so far now after dominating georgia last week winning their first game over the bulldogs in four years Florida now has the inside track to claim the SEC East Division, a title the Gators last won in 2016. Uh, where's your confidence level? Uh, rank your confidence level from 1 to 10 that the Gators will be heading back to Athens later this oh, season. Man, I don't, don't want to mess up the mojo. <laughs> I, 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 hey, you, you don't have to. Hey, we can, we can uh, move past that question if that makes you feel good. I promise you, man. I just wanted to kind of get your idea, but uh, – yeah. I know they they, they still got some interesting games later on the schedule. Uh, Arkansas this week, as we know, Tennessee also. Uh, so yeah, if it, <laughs> still got Kentucky, LSU. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So we'll, Let's just yeah. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. Don't mess with the mojo. Will a hey, trust me? I understand, man. I you know being an Auburn grad, an Auburn fan, back in 2010, every. Every game I went to my cousin Thomas' house, and, and we watched the game. We sat on the couch, and, man, it was that same every weekend, you know. So I, I get yeah. when it comes to uh, superstitions and, and keeping it going, keeping that train moving along all season. So I can't fault you for that at all, I promise you. I've, I mean, I've, you I've know, lived it and done it for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm glad, we're in, I'm glad we're in the situation we're in. I mean, we, yeah. we definitely 
you know, got a better path to make it than, than Georgia does. I mean, we'd have to we'd have to lose two games, um, which I mean could could happen. I mean, you know, but we should be able to handle business. But yeah. you know, you never know. That's why they never play. Know. Never know. East week, anything's possible, man. I, yeah. That's why I'm never fully surprised by any kind of potential upsets, whether it's college football, NFL, like, you know, people. I'm a Steelers fan, and last week, of course, the Cowboys mm-hmm. gave us a run for our money oh, all man. the way down to the yeah. wire. And I was nervous about that game all all week. I was about nervous about that game before the season started. Of course, they had Dak Prescott at the time, but going into the game the week of it, I was still like, man, it's Dallas. They play us well for some reason. And Garrett yeah, Gilbert. I, mean, it's, I don't know. It, you know, it's it, it's it's like you said. I mean, it's it doesn't matter. You know, baseball, football, NFL, college. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's they're, they're trap games. I mean, and, and they happen every year. You know, somebody gets knocked off, or you know, somebody loses a game that on paper, you know, they shouldn't lose. And you know, and in college, I mean, you've got eighteen to twenty year old kids. Yeah. So, I mean, it's – and then this year especially. I mean, you know, if, if you – I mean, you know, Clemson. I mean, look at – you know, look at what happened. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Notre Dame may yeah. have beaten them if Lawrence was, was playing. But, you know, I don't know. I'd, I'd like I'd like chances with Clemson better, you know, with Lawrence if he'd yeah. been able to play. So, I mean, you never know. So, the Gators have the Razorbacks come into town this Saturday at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Ryan, what are your thoughts on this Saturday night matchup between these two teams? I mean, I honestly, I just I hope they can ride the momentum, you know, from from that Georgia win. I mean, that's it was a it was a big hump to get over, you know. I mean, and if they can keep that confidence from that game, you know, but at the same time, you don't want to be overconfident. I mean, Arkansas, I mean, yeah, they got a losing record, but I mean, they've got I think, you know. Their defense is is better than what, you know, what the record shows. I mean, I think they're they've got a couple of linebackers that are, I think, leading the SEC in tackles, and you know they've, well, I guess in Barry Odom. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he came over. I mean, and I don't I mean he's he's always I mean he's had coach head coach experience in Missouri, you know, for a few years there, and yeah, they always played us really good, you know, when he was at Missouri. I mean, so he can. He can coach good. I mean, so I mean, he's he's got them boys that defense, and he'll be, I guess, I guess he's interim this weekend for them. Their head coach is out with the COVID yeah. protocol. So I mean, I, I I think Odom's stepping in. So he'll game plan pretty good. I mean, you know, Pitts is yeah. You know, that's going to be key too. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's been cleared to play. I think it's kind of going to be a last minute call if he passes. You know, concussion protocol. If he can't go, if he doesn't play, I mean, that definitely, definitely, you know, is going to impact, you know, the way Mullen's going to call the game. And we've got some athletes. I mean, we've got a lot of receivers that are talented. But, but I mean, I mean Pitts, he's just a – he's a nightmare, I mean, for, for defenses. I mean, he's just a mismatch for pretty much anybody. So, I, I don't know. I mean, hopefully we can, you know, we can ride the momentum and see if we can get it done. Yeah, you, you spoke on that uh, receiving core. You touched on how talented it is with Tony and Grimes. Uh, uh, man, you think about some of the guys. Copeland, is it Copeland one of them as well? Yeah, that, Copeland, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so you think about what they lost last year with Jefferson and Hammond and Swain and Cleveland. We're a year removed from those four guys going to the NFL and here Florida just – 
reload, man. So it's impressive yeah. uh, to see how they've uh, kind of retooled that that those weapons that they have down in Gainesville. Now, as we close, man, give me your final score and prediction between Arkansas and Florida. Uh, if, if you can't, we'll leave it and we'll just let it be what it is because, I, like I said, I don't want to mess with the mojo or nothing like that. But, uh, but man, yeah. just at least give me your thoughts. If you can't do a prediction or a score, just give me your – as far as – you talked about Arkansas's defense, but for Florida, what worries you about Florida? Is there any particular uh, facet of their game that concerns you going into this I matchup? Mean, I think the biggest thing, I mean, is going to be if, you know, if Pitts can play or not. Yeah. And if he doesn't, you know, if some of those other guys can – can step up i mean i mean i know they can catch the ball but if we get down in the red zone because i mean we've got some decent backs but we don't have just one that's and that's kind of a, a weak spot for us mm-hmm. so if we get down there in the red zone that's what we've been doing i mean you know pitts is i don't know i think he's like third in the nation and you know receiving touchdowns so you know if we get down there i mean is somebody else going to be able to, to step in and make a play if he's not on the field um, you know, and, and if he's not, I think the running backs, especially, they're going to have to step up, mm-hmm. you know, and be able to, to, you know, be able to move the chains and get some first downs and keep, you know, let the defense rest a little bit. Because our defense is, is young. I mean, and, and they've played a lot better the last couple of games. But, I mean, early on in the year, they were they were really, really struggling. I mean, we've got some young guys, on, you know, in the secondary, but. Hopefully that'll come together. Maybe we can give Franks a good, good homecoming. <laughs> and, uh, maybe get a couple of picks, and I'll go with I'll go with the Gators. Thirty-eight, Arkansas seventeen. All right, thirty-eight seventeen. You heard it here from Ryan Folsom on the sweet spot, man. I'm gonna mark that down, and uh, you know we shall see come Saturday night. Ryan, thank you for being on the sweet spot, man. I truly enjoyed having you on the show. Anytime, man. I appreciate it. Look forward to a good game, buddy. All right. Good luck to your Gators this weekend. Appreciate it. Hey, this is Corey Campbell for the Houston Academy Raiders. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is a proud business ministry partner with the Joy FM. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Now locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp, Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Phone 334-671-POOL. Denny Vision is a proud supporter of the Joy FM, and their number one priority is patient satisfaction. They strive to provide a positive experience from the moment each person walks into the office. Denny Vision has an optical lab to create lenses on site, along with a selection of designer optical and sunglass frames. They focus on promoting good eye health while assisting patients in having the clearest vision possible. Their doctors help see the difference, which is their slogan. Located at 151 East Main Street in Dothan, online at DennyVision.com or phone 334-793-2633. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers.
Hey, I'm Matt Johnson with the Joy FM Sports team, and you're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Remember, Austin Allen didn't throw a touchdown pass against Auburn a couple of weeks ago for the first time in nine games. He doesn't have one here today. He's going to have one more shot. He told us yesterday if he really had to go to somebody, it would be Drew Morgan, number 80, who's in the slot to the right. Allen fires. Ends up. Morgan, touchdown. Welcome back to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny, Pool, Patio, and Spa. As you just heard, my guy, Brad Nessler, make that CBS call where the Razorbacks upset the number 11 ranked Gators back in 2016, beating them 31-10. to 10. You know, it was impressive as Nessler is going into his spiel on Austin Allen and that Austin Allen's guys, Drew Morgan, then the very next play, Austin Allen throws a touchdown to Drew Morgan. And I love Drew Morgan. Like, I was a huge fan of his when he played for the Razorbacks. Uh, very underrated receiver in the SEC. And, uh, you know, it was a joy watching him play for the Arkansas Razorbacks down in Fayetteville. So that was a glimpse of the last time these two teams played. 2016, Arkansas comes away with a huge win at home. This time they'll be on the road as they travel to Gainesville to take on the number six ranked Florida Gators. And you've heard from Ryan Folsom as he talked about his Florida Gators. Now you're about to hear from Glenn Mathis. He's originally from West Helena, Arkansas. He currently resides in East Limestone, Alabama. Here's what he had to say about his Razorbacks. Glenn, welcome to the sweet spot, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me on your podcast tonight, Corey. I'm glad to have you on. I'm a... You know, super excited when I reached out to you that I could have you on as a guest. So I appreciate you for taking the time to do that. Well, I'm more than happy to do it. So, Glenn, here in the state of Alabama, we know that team in Tuscaloosa says Roll Tide. Auburn has War Eagle. Arkansas has Woo Pig Suey as their team chant. What exactly does that mean, and where did that phrase originate from? Well, a lot of people do not realize it, but... Prior to 1920, the Arkansas, University of Arkansas's mascot or team name was the Cardinals. And they developed into the Razorbacks in the year 1920, I believe. And it's because of their size and the way they played football. And the announcers at the game uh, made the comment that they looked like a bunch of wild Razorbacks. So that name took. Also in the year 1920, they were having a bad game and they were being called the Razorbacks. And one of the fans starting started calling the hogs like they, a farmer would call their pigs it with suey, suey. And it <laughs> gradually developed over the years to woo pig suey and, and that stuck. Uh, so that's, I know that sounds odd, but that's actually how it transpired. Man, that's interesting to know because I, I never knew uh, the origin, how it started. I just knew that was their yeah. team chant. So, uh, man, yeah. I had I had a feeling that you would know exactly uh, yeah. how to answer that question, and man, I appreciate you providing that insight. Now, Arkansas has had some studs come through uh, in their football program. Uh, who are some of your favorite Razorbacks to come through Fayetteville? Well, I would have to say, and I'll start I'm showing my age, uh, Lance Allworth would be one, the one they called Bambi, that played in professional ball for 
San Diego. Um, Steve Atwater is another mm. one that yeah. uh, was an all-pro, tough as nails. Uh, Matt Jones was a favorite of mine. Yeah. Uh, he didn't turn out, obviously, in professional sports, yeah. but he, he, he was something to be reckoned with in college. Um, let's think of some other ones. McFadden and Jones, who Definitely. can forget those. Exactly. Uh, and probably the most dearest to my heart would be Brandon Burlesworth. Um, if I would recommend, whether you're a Razorback fan or not, watch the movie concerning him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a movie out, uh, The Name Forgets Me. We'll, we'll look it up and find out what that is. But it is a great movie. Uh, it is a Christian-based movie. Uh, one fact that a lot of people don't realize what makes that Sterner fumble so hurtful against the University of Tennessee when they gave that game away and Tennessee ended up being national champions was not the fact that Sterner fumbled the ball. It's the fact that Brandon Burlesworth moved a leg back when he was blocking and it tripped Clint Sterner, which caused him to go down and fumble the ball. And uh, Brandon Burlesworth took it, took it very hard. So that's just a little tidbit for you Tennessee fans. If you wonder why we feel we get rubbed the wrong way when y'all talk about Sterner fumble, it's it's not for Clint Sterner. It's the pain that we feel for Brandon Burlesworth, as you know, is now deceased. Um, yeah, and that movie you spoke on is greater. Uh, it's a film Greater. that came out in 2016. Yes. I remember watching that movie, and like you said, it's very heartwarming. Uh, it'll it'll reach you regardless of who you root for. Uh, teams does not matter once you find a, a chance to see the backstory of that young man who played for the Razorbacks. Um, Glenn, man, there's definitely been quite a few ups and downs in the Arkansas coaching circles over the past two decades. I mean, you you look at guys like Houston Nutt, Bobby Petrino, Brett Bielema, Chad Morris, and now Sam Pittman. What are your thoughts on Pittman in his first year as the Razorbacks head coach, and do you think he will have better results than his predecessors? Well, (laughs) I'm not a betting man, but if I did bet, I would certainly bet on Sam Pittman compared to his previous two predecessors. Um, He is not a flashy hire, as everybody knows. He's blue-collar, but he wants to be there. Uh, And it's obvious that these kids want to play for him. It's it's obvious. They give great effort. And uh, he had the foresight, Sam Pittman, and the modesty, humbleness, to understand that he needed a head coach on staff. And that's one of the reasons, big reasons, he got Barry Odom, other than Barry's defensive prowess, coaching prowess. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to say that they won't be better because the last four or five years have been very dreary for us. Yeah. Uh, we had Bielema come in, and we were pumped up for a year or two with his bravado, and things went south really quick. And it, it's confusing how it all went south, and you know that's still not resolved. That's his 
part of his salary and things are being tied up in court still to this day. And there's a lot of bitter things going on between them. Uh, and then they went and took the roll the dice with the previous coach. And I know you're an Auburn fan, so I'll try to light on more. No, you don't have to. Go ahead. Uh, Let it make it plain. <laughs> coach Morris, the thing about the state of Arkansas is as much as much like uh, University of Texas and things like that. And from a, from an aspect that you have to endear yourself to the fans. They expect you to buy in. And he came in, and he's a wonderful recruiter. It's obvious in, in the, the kids that still stayed with the University of Arkansas. And I don't doubt that he is a good offensive coordinator. But at the state that the University of Arkansas was in, he brought in an offensive sense that was way too complicated for these kids. He was trying to take hippopotamuses, so to speak, for linemen. <laughs> and trying to get them to be pulling guards and pulling tackles. The first thing he did when he walked in was cause divisiveness within the players by separating the walk-ons from, from the scholarship players. And he pulled out a playbook that is just crazy as far as the amount of plays and the reads. And uh, so I think he, he overcomplicated that, and that caused – some issues he wanted his players his linemen to lose 60 to 80 pounds mm. and and so there was just a lot of divisiveness going on he never <clears throat> every thursday night friday night he would go and watch his son play now i understand that it's a son but it was in texas but he spent more time in texas than he did in the state of arkansas yeah and and that that sends a message to the fans and the players so there's a lot of reasons it didn't work out. Uh, the things that I think that are causing Arkansas to be successful is Sam Pittman hired a, a really good staff. He really did. It's a good staff. It's solid. And uh, that'll help him this week, believe it or not. I, I don't think you're going to see him being missed like several other coaches would be missed in the SEC uh, this week. Uh, the big thing that I see is defensively, Barry Odom has allowed these kids he, to use their athletic ability and their eyes to play football. He, he has simplified the defense. They run his own defense 80% of the time. They're running zone. And it allows these athletes to be athletes. You know, I've played at a fairly high level. And I know this, you can have a playbook that cause you, causes you to be constricted and it actually degrades your athletic ability because you're trying to make reads so often and you're, it causes your eyes not to be where they need to be. Yeah. Barry Odom has allowed these kids to play football, you know, play football. He's put them in a position, like I said, playing zone, running a three-man front to – Pick a man, use your eyes, attack the ball. That's something they hadn't been doing in the last four or five years. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I think it's been it's been nothing short of spectacular the job that Pittman, Odom, that entire staff has done in this first year because, 
you know, a lot of the pundits, a lot of the experts, so-called experts that I call them, they had Arkansas pegged as one of the worst teams in the SEC. So uh, what we've seen so far through six games has been definitely far from being one of the worst teams in the SEC. Like, and we 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 know they had another opportunity to get a win or two uh, earlier in the season as well, and we'll kind of you know, touch on that a little bit later. But uh, I'm definitely impressed by what Sam Pittman and his staff has done thus far to this point. Now, I'm currently joined by Glenn Mathis, originally from West Helena, Arkansas, currently residing in East Limestone, Alabama, to talk about his Arkansas Razorbacks as they prepare for their matchup against the Florida Gators. Now, Glenn, Arkansas's quarterback, Felipe Franks, will be squaring off against his former school for the first time in the number six Florida Gators on Saturday night. Before we talk about the game, what are, you going to, what are your thoughts on Franks as a quarterback? I think he has matured quite a bit uh, since his days at Florida. Um, I think he is an above-average quarterback. And I think I'm very interested to see how he'll react in the swamp. Uh, we'll see if he, he can keep his cool. That's going to be paramount that he keeps his cool because he, he tends to make bad decisions when he's under duress. And uh, I really, I think that's going to be probably the pivotal point of how this game goes. I'll say right up front, Arkansas will have to play a perfect game to beat the Florida Gators. From what I've seen, they're playing as good a football as anybody in the country right now. Uh, they will have to create at least two turnovers, and at least one of those turnovers will have to result in a score. Um, I know that's getting off the thought of, of Felipe, but I look for him to do well just based on his maturity. I mean, his knowledge of, of Florida's defense versus Florida's knowledge of Felipe Franks is going to be a wash. It's going to boil down to execution. I am concerned of one habit that Felipe Franks has, and that is to hold on to the ball too long where he seems to make, uh, he hesitates when making a decision before he runs. I think some of that is due to the pressure or, or young offensive line. He needs a half or more second than what he's getting before he's flushed out of the pocket. Uh, if, if we can improve on that and give him that half second, I don't think anybody question his arm. Um, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll be okay. Yeah, he. Um, I think, like you said, you mentioned uh, – Keeping us cool, remaining composed, it's going to be huge because there's going to be a flood of emotions that will be running through his body come Saturday night on the ESPN as the Razorbacks take on the Gators. I mean, I read earlier where he'll get a chance to see his his baby niece uh, for the first time in a year, and he's already wow. told he's already told his mom that he uh, wants to see her prior to the game and make sure she has – uh, his niece on the field before uh, before they kick off. So, man, I, I think that's going to be paramount that he maintains his composure. He doesn't allow those emotions to get away from the task at hand and maintain focused on the game plan that they'll have going against the Gators. So uh, you touched on 
you touched on Franks, you touched on the Razorbacks, uh, you touched a little bit about the Gators and how they're definitely clicking on all cylinders right now, one of the best teams in the country, ranked number six. Before I let you go, as Arkansas takes on Florida on ESPN Saturday night at 6 o'clock, who do you have winning this game, and what will be the final score? I pick Florida by a score of 10 points. I don't think that Arkansas has the depth defensively, um, particularly on the defensive line where the rest of the SCT, SEC is rotating eight and ten linemen in. We're using six. I, I just don't think that we can stand up to the depth that Florida has. I think we will have some big plays, um, but I just don't see us standing up to it. Uh, I know one thing that we will have to do. We will have to score points, and we'll have to do it in the first quarter, in the first half, excuse me. If we try to do what we did last week and play catch up in the second half, it's not going to work with Florida. It's just not going to work. One thing I would like to add is Florida's receivers Mm -hmm. had better catch the ball quickly before before Catalan hits them. (laughs) Because I'll tell you right now, if they don't, they're going to have some extremely dirty backs because (laughs) this guy is another Steve Atwater, and he's just a freshman. Yeah. Um, that that sounds boastful, but I, I'm just telling you that's the kid to look out for. Is 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 uh, is that safety? He, he's he's mean, and he's he's a good one. Um, offensively, I think the people that you need to look for is obviously number sixteen. That kid is he's, he'll be playing pro ball. He he's a good one, and uh, and. Don't discount our tight end, uh, Hudson Henry, if he is healthy. I don't know that he's going to be healthy enough. Now, Hudson Henry, is that uh, Hunter Henry's that brother? Yes. Okay. He's his youngest brother. Okay. He uh, also has a, another Henry that plays linebacker for us, and his first name escapes me right now. But he, he plays backup linebacker to uh, Bumper Pool. Hayden Henry. Hayden, yes, yeah, Hayden yeah. Henry. Uh, okay. Uh, I look for uh, Raheem Boyd to play better. He, yeah. he just hasn't been the same since his injury. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a different running back than 22. 22 is more like Jones was. And uh, <clears throat> number five is more like McFadden was. I mean, different body type. But uh, 22 is a jitterbug. And he, he is a jitterbug, and keep an eye on him. Um, I, this is going to sound cliche, but Arkansas is playing on house money right now. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of teams out there right now this weekend that are that are grateful that their game got canceled. And there are even some Razorback fans say, boy, I wish that they, you know, this storm would have moved in or, you know, for whatever reason they would have canceled this game. Because, you know, let some injuries heal, that sort of thing. But this is a good thing for Arkansas. It gets our young players some more experience. Mm-hmm. And, and even if they lose the ball game, they're, they're still coming out ahead. Uh, the SEC did not do, uh, not just the University of Arkansas, there's a couple of other teams, they didn't do them any favors with this schedule. None whatsoever. I mean, we've got a tough schedule. And uh, 
we've already exceeded expectations this year. And, and these, these young kids that are playing are going to have some experience for next year. And, uh, if Franks decides to stay another year, that's good. But if he doesn't, we've got to get another quarterback ready. And we have two two in the wings that that that'll be more more than capable of filling his spot. Now, Glenn, man, I truly appreciate you swinging through the sweet spot. It's so good to hear from you, man. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate your patience with me. It's the first time I've done this, and uh, I know I gave you a lot of generalities, but uh, Arkansas is not going to be intimidated. I can tell you that for sure. That's just not Sam Pittman's style. That's not the Razorback style. And quite frankly, anybody that plays at that level, you don't make it to that level in any sport if you're intimidated. It yeah. just doesn't happen. So these people that talk about intimidation and these sort of things, they got their head in the sand. That's, that's not what happens. <laughs> so Arkansas, Florida, Saturday night at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Glenn, good luck to your Razorbacks on Saturday, man. I, I would definitely look forward to watching that game. Thank you, Corey. Take care and be safe. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Care Animal Center is a business ministry partner with the Joy FM. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that's dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is care-animal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan. Phone 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to the sweet spot as we close with today's triple C segment, Corey's closing comments. And this is what I want to share with you today. Those who follow green are the first ones to go. Those who follow green are the first ones to go. And of course, when you think of green and you think of go, we think of a traffic light when it tells us it's green, it's time to go. Well, in this instance, we're talking about people who follow after money, people who have a wrong relationship with money, those who are money hungry. They're the first ones to leave. They're the first ones to jump ship or leave whatever the situation is in an opportunity to gain more money. They're not loyal. Um, They will step over the next person to get more money any way they can. They will go about it in corrupt manners to accomplish that as well so when you recognize and realize who these people are 
that are money hungry, those who follow green and do whatever they can to attain more, cut those people off. Watch your back because they're not loyal to any person, any place. So whether it's a relationship, whether it's a, a business or a company, watch out for those people because they will show you time and time again that their mindset isn't on the right thing. They don't have the same objective as everyone else. So remember this, those who follow green are the first ones to go. And as we always say, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot on the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.